When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind People stop and stare I can't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes I'm going while the sun keeps shining through the pouring rain Going well the weather suits my clothes Banking off of the northeast winds Sailing on summer breeze And skipping over the ocean like a Welcome back to a very sombre dream of our lives, the football podcast for alternative yet informative coverage of Euro 2020, brought to you by the Sports Social Network. You may detect I'm not as enthusiastic as I was last week or in any of the previous episodes. And that is because the free lions were shot down by Italian trophy hunters as the English revert to type by being dreadful once again at penalties. It was a game in the shadow of a country that is more divided than Israel and Palestine. And although football did not come home, it certainly did bring together people from all different walks of life for the common cause of supporting a young, exciting, different and a very new England. It may be the end of this chapter, but it is a refreshing glimpse into the future where we once again dare to dream maybe even succeed and stop passing the bloody ball backwards every few minutes like we've done in the noughties. On the flip side, Italy become the first country to win the Eurovision Song Contest and the European Championship in the same year. 
So really, <laughs> we should have seen it coming. We should have seen it coming. Uh, also coming up on the show, we talk about the most crushing defeat possibly of our lives as uh, Italy win on penalties against England at Wembley. We speak about the moments of the tournaments, the games we found interesting, the players we found great, and the goals that sizzled. We also play Deal or No Deal, and it's the final. There's one thing you can get excited and not beat about. It's the final of what's in your panini. The current scores are 18 to Harry, 14 to me. And on this special final, just for you guys listening at home, we'll be opening two packets with the final packet being double points. So literally anything could happen. This is going to be better than the... uh, Final yesterday. It's got to be. <laughs> oh, maybe. We've got our own final. It's all good. Um, Harry, how are you feeling today? <laughs> yeah, not you know, still disappointed and upset, but uh, you know, quite you know, still just amazed that we got to see England in a final in our lifetime. It's been a weird twenty-four hours. This yeah, is, we're all recording on the Monday, um, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and it was about 24 hours ago, the game was about to kick off. I spent the, most of the day being very depressed, down, pissed off. And then I got more philosophical as the game went on. Because as I said last week, I said I wasn't going to be nervous for the game. And it, including you, know, I was messaging you and a few other people. And you, everyone said they were shitting it. And I was you know, quite philosophical about it 10, 15, an hour before the game. I wasn't nervous because getting to the final was enough for me. But as soon as the early goal went in, which <laughs> no one was expecting, the whole thing changed. And I thought, fuck, we're going to win. You know what I mean? Like, they, they say 1-0 yeah. one, one was the most dangerous scoreline in football. And I kind of knew that getting an early goal was not the right thing to do, or, you know, historically isn't the best thing to do. Um, getting a 1-0 late goal, fantastic. But as soon as that goal went in, my emotions just completely changed. Like even in the first minute and a half, even, you know, we conceded the corner in like the first 30 seconds. I was like, I was still calm as anything. You know? As soon as that goal went in, I was like, fuck it, now it's on. And, um, you know, we got, we got absolutely deciphered, I guess. The early goal changed everything for me, personally. How, um, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about the emotions of the event itself first, and then we'll get into the actual game and talk about the fans a little bit. We said last week, was getting to the final enough? With the final now having been played, Harry, do you still feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fairly disappointing not not to have taken that next step. But, um, yeah, we still got to just be so happy that we saw that. And, uh, you know, we we may never see that again. But it's got to give you belief that, you know, we we felt like getting to the semi-final of the World Cup was the best thing to happen. We might never see that again. And then in one tournament, we've gone for the next step. So you just got to keep hoping they progress that way. But it's just so strange, such a strange feeling because obviously right now it's still just, it's still so disappointing. But we've got, we've got to remember like at the beginning of this, we are a bit like, hmm, I don't know yeah. how far England can go. That's, that's a very good point, actually. I don't know if you put any bets on, but my bets were on France and Portugal to win it. You know, and I would have bitten your hand off when I put that on Skybet or whatever other betting platform you use um, to put England in the final. You know, I would have absolutely bitten your hand off. So the fact I put yeah. Portugal France to win it and they both went out in the quarters, you know, in reality, I should have superseded my 
expectations, but I still feel a bit cheated, if that makes sense. I think it will wear off. Um, and I've got something I'll say in a second that puts things in perspective. But I think it was just the manner in which we went out because of Pickford saving two penalties. Yeah. And we had the chance on penalties to go up. I think in, it, it, if we had gone out and it was just 2 0 to Italy in 90 minutes, fine. I could deal with that. I wouldn't be too bothered. I'd just be Italy by far the better team. I think they were the better team anyway, as it happens. But because we managed to go the full distance with them and then make two saves and still go out, it just makes it that bit more painful than if it yeah. was two or three nil to them. For sure. Because, well, you know, it's, it's a bit like being strangled to death. You know what I mean? You don't know when the final blow is going to come. It's just yeah. like slowly creasing around your neck. Yeah, but in, in the same way, though, if, if we were two, three, two nil, three nil down, it, by 60 minutes and you've got to watch half hour knowing there's nothing going to happen there's nothing you know at least for this up until the very last kick of the game there was still the possibility so like it was in that respect like they they, they kept it going until the very last opportunity you know so but it was, torture, way, it was it was torturous there wasn't it like it, yeah it is torturous but in another way it just kept the, you know it, it shows what an accomplishment they they made really it's a fair point. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I think we've done everything. Southgate's got a lot of uh, backlash tactically. But the reality is, they're, they're, we'll get on to the game in a second, but they dominated possession from the second half onwards. We were arguably the better team in the first half. Yeah. If we played the exact same match again, exact same teams, exact same circumstances, it could have went the other way. Yeah. Or it could have went their way. We, we could play that same game, same circumstances, same fitness levels, just everything as it was a hundred times, and it could be 50 50 each way. Oh, for sure. And it's, 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 all, it's all about these marginal things that happen. You know, Pickford made some great saves, yeah. Donnarumma made some great saves, Stones had a couple of headers, Maguire had a couple of headers that could have easily went in on, on another day. Um, and I think that's important to remember. And that thinking about that during the day, as this day, this very long Monday has, has, <laughs> has, has, has gone on, has made me feel a little bit better. But it, we didn't do anything terribly other than the penalties. During the 90 minutes, 120 minutes, it could have went either way, although Italy were the better team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll get on to the game. But I mean, it, it's one of those where... Uh, yeah, like you say, that first that first goal changed everything. You started to think, okay, this is it. And then as soon as like sort of time started moving and we and we moved into that second half, the feeling sort of started changing of oh, when's it when's you know, when's the penny gonna drop? When you know, we're not gonna cruise through to a one nil victory by basically defending the second half, right? So that the feeling already then sort of changed, didn't it? But so it, it was a tough game to watch, and it was like a, in itself an emotional roller coaster. And then you add on today, and but then like I say, you're thinking back and realizing just uh, just how well we did do in, in in parts, and just the fact that it was such a tight game. And uh, you know, like you say, it could have gone either way. So it's a it's a strange day, man. But we just got we just got to try and be positive, man, and move forward, right? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I think 
there's a difference between football fans and England fans, which I want to touch mm-hmm. on later on, which I think is really important. And I think as a football fan, first and foremost, I think this is the best group of players ever to put on an England shirt, certainly yeah. in my lifetime, um, including you know the great team in the 90s as well. I think we're better than that. I think as a squad rotation, I think we're better than that as well. Sure. And yeah, just having a bit of time to have some perspective. As I said, you know, I put a bet on France and Portugal to make it to the final, as many other people I know did as well. And the fact they went out in the quarters, you know, we got we, and we didn't bet on England to do that. You know, it shows shows how wrong we were at the start and how much belief we had after the quarterfinals, after beating Germany. What's also important to remember, perspective-wise, is that Italy played Turkey in the first game. And they look solid throughout. There's not a single time they haven't looked solid, apart from maybe against Spain. Um, and they've been very, very consistent. But imagine if you're if you're a if you're a French fan, a German fan, or a Belgian fan, Belgian with that golden generation of talent. Imagine being a fan of one of the you know, France just won the World Cup. You're in the final in the 2016 Euros. Um, you're out in the quarterfinals to Switzerland. That's nuts. Germany. Losing to England, I, I, I don't really know the German perspective on that. I know their rivals are more than Netherlands and Italy. Yeah, for sure. But um, you know, still, there's a little bit of rivalry there. They must be gutted as well because it was lacking Lowe's last tournament. Yeah. And Belgians, that group of players who probably won't make the next World Cup. You know, yeah, it's, that's, that, they've blown it. They've actually blown it. So imagine being a Belgian fan. Uh, yeah, it's 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 um, you know we're, we're so lucky in a weird kind of oh, way. Oh, for sure, yeah. Definitely, and like especially for us because we, you know, we've ne- we never thought we'd ever see it. So of course, you know, it's heartbreaking. But we were so close, man. We never thought we'd see that. We never thought we'd see an England team uh, get to a final again, and they did. So we, you know, it's we got to keep remembering the positive because, like I said, we could have easily. Of being a team that got knocked out in round of sixteen by Switzerland, and that didn't happen to us, you know. For for once, we uh, we were more than that. <laughs> and the other thing as well is that France made the final in twenty sixteen in France. The final played in France, yeah, and they lost, and then they went on to win the World Cup. So England twenty twenty two, it's written in the start. Yeah, it has to be, isn't it? It's it has coming. To be. It's coming home. It has to be. <laughs> And didn't Italy done the same thing um, when they won the World Cup? Didn't they reach the? Uh, they didn't reach the final of the Euros, but they were in the final of the two thousand Euros, didn't they? So every every team that's reached the final and lost <laughs> in a few years' time wins. Yeah, it's because we didn't want the uh, Mickey Mouse trophy anyway. Did we? We, wanted, <laughs> we wanted the big boy one. Yeah, uh, and, a, and a South American <laughs> a South American team hasn't won the World Cup since um, two thousand two. So you, you know, yeah, well, mate, honestly, uh, part of me today convince myself that we are going to win a World Cup because I'm thinking World Cup semi-final the next tournament we get to the final and we do so the next logical step is to get to the final and win yeah, it's, a, it's, a, like, it's a golden pyramid isn't it yeah I'm like you know I'm it's you know when you get to World Cup crazy things happen right we, we see it all the time so like you know you, you never know what would happen but they've got to fancy themselves they've got to when they get there be thinking we've been to a final before we can get to a final again. We know how to do that. You know what I mean? Like, they've got to fancy themselves. And come next Christmas, I will be shouting it's coming home once again. For sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, dear. Easily forgotten, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think it's important to give Italy immense credit, though, because from the second half onwards, 
Yeah. We'll get we'll get on to the actual game now. They were just incredible. Killini, yes, he was an absolute shit house of a man, as was Benuti. <laughs> but you've got to say they played well. They done what they oh, had to, had to be done. Donnarumma just had a great tournament. And Chiesa, who started the tournament on the bench, just you can see what it means to him. He was playing with us, you know, yeah, like he, like he was going to die. It was mad. And then you've also got to remember, Roberto Mancini is a very good manager, arguably the best manager at the Euros. And you know, it came to premonition. And they've not lost a game in like, what, 40-odd games or something? So it's, yeah. it, it's kind of like, even before the game, you, you forget that, you know, they've not lost a game. They've barely conceded yeah. any goals. I think, it's kind of written in the stars for them a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I think the, the biggest problem was right in that first first half, especially at first or 25, 30 minutes, uh, they were so shocked and they honestly looked like the occasion was too much for them. That was our opportunity. Our opportunity was to, you know, get another one quick in that first 20 minutes and, and kill the game off because there was, there was that first 20 minutes, it did look like, England were the ones who'd been in finals before and knew how to play to the occasion. And Italy looked like the team had never been to a final and didn't know what was going on. But that soon changed in the second half. And I think their experience, obviously, was, was part of that. Yeah. But, uh, I think the early goal, as I said earlier, was a bit deceptive. I think, I mean, it yeah. was a great goal. I mean, Luke Shaw ran all the way from his own his own penalty box yeah. to get on the end of that. It was such a good finish as well. Great volley. Um, past the goalkeeper and a defence that haven't conceded too many. And it was his first goal for England as well. And yeah, yeah fair, fair play. But um, yeah, I think the early goal was. It, it's, although I celebrated like mad at the time, I kind of knew in the back <laughs> of my head that it's yeah. just going to be they're going to be fucking honest in the second half. And yeah. lo and behold, they were. I would also say that in the first half, our passing was fucking phenomenal. We looked like seventies Brazil. Some of the things we were doing, I was like, <laughs> this is a final. Like, yeah, you know, so I mean, which is. There was a time, there was a time in that first half where we we looked so comfortable and we looked like we were meant to be there, and uh, you you do sort of get stuck in there like okay this is going to happen now isn't it? But like you say you, uh, that that footballing voice in the back of your head is like you wait to half time you wait for them to change the system work out where they're being exploited and you watch this game completely change and I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, I was trying to believe it wouldn't. I mean, it was so gutting when it truly did happen. Well, it's, it's, it, yeah, because it, it was, you knew it was coming. I was, yeah. I was, I, we booked a table at a pub and uh, people I was with, I said, look, it, it, you can feel it coming. We just invited pressure. I think yeah. it was what, what changed for me. I, think, I don't think Southgate was expecting to go 1 0 up so early. So I think he tried to control the second half, which is completely backfired because Italy were going to yeah. throw everything at them. And then as soon as we took Declan Rice off, we lost the midfield. Yeah. That's when we became submissive. Um, I'm not sure if he had a fitness issue or slightly injured or whatnot, but their goal was inevitable. It was like, you know, if Benucci didn't score, it would have been someone else yeah. a couple of minutes later. It was always going to happen. Like, Although it was unlucky because Pickford made a great save onto the post, as he had done in the first half as well been amazing in the first half and then it just rebounded unluckily and you know Kane was in the, he was probably in the right place to be fair in all fairness but because Pickford made the save it just left that gap in the goal and Benucci snuck in but um, 
yeah, if that didn't happen, it would have happened a few minutes later. Yeah, it was, it, you know, they were banging on the door at that point, weren't they? Uh, but yeah, like you say, I think, uh, yeah, I think the game plan had to change. And I think, unfortunately, you know, they made the decision in the second half to try and hold possession and or, or try and just, you know, not concede, basically, right? And it's a tough ask, isn't it, to defend the lead against a team like Italy for, for that long. And I think, unfortunately, you know, it, 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 we could see that it wasn't going to work and, and changes probably could have come sooner. But you can't really complain too much about Southgate and what he's done because he's given us an, an amazing summer, right? But, um, yeah, unfortunately, I think it started to show that Italy were just a bit more experienced. And uh, I think a lot of that uh, come through his shithousery and has been getting a lot of stick, but... In, in some ways is that's yeah, that's, that's, that's why I've ever experienced it's, size, it's, right? It's margins at the end of the day. It's, it's variable margins that on another day wouldn't have been given. Like you could have had yeah. um you know Kalini on another day could have got sent off for that strangling thing you'd on Saka. Yeah uh, Grealish got stood on was it Berardi or Barella that done that? Um yeah he could have got sent off for that challenge on Grealish on another day and it could have been a completely other game. Fact is, it's very rare that someone gets sent off in a final, yeah. apart from Zidane, and you know that was against Italy as well. So you know, it come it, as you said, comes with experience. Um, in the extra time, I think England did have a few chances, like John Stones' header um, leaps out quite literally. Again, we just looked like you know there's a point in extra time when I said to my mates at the table, penalties looks like our best option because we weren't creating anything. Yeah. And even with Grealish on the pitch and Saka on the pitch now at this point as well, who are fresh legs, we couldn't get the ball. No. And we couldn't do anything with the ball. And whenever we did have the ball, it would just go in the air because we were just trying to get rid of it. We just lost the ability to pass. And I think that's in turn taking Rice off and in turn losing all confidence because we barely had the ball. Yeah. I mean... Lost our rhythm. But yeah, that that because I think the second half was so poor. I think there were times in extra in extra time where we sort of looked a lot better. But like you say, it still just wasn't good enough. And uh, yeah, the, the, the changes came, and unfortunately, they just didn't quite have the effect they you know they were hoping for. Um, I don't think that's really anyone's fault. It's just it didn't pan out that way, right? Um, yes, I said another day it would have worked. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, you know, the, the extra time was a little bit more entertaining in the second half anyway, because at least we did show some uh, sort of attacking force at times. But, yeah, I just think, unfortunately, we just weren't, after the first half, we just weren't the best, you know, we were just second best. And that's, you know, that's why things worked out where we did. Yeah, 100%. Um, on to the penalties then, I guess. Um, get this over, over and done with quickly. Um, <laughs> Kane's penalty, really good. If you want you want a solid, you want your captain to put one away quickly, yeah. dive the right way. Perfect penalty. Harry Maguire's not even a surprise. When, even when he walked up, I wouldn't, everyone in the pub collectively went, Maguire? Yeah. And he, his, his shot was so good, it broke the camera. Yeah, um, incredible. That, it was just top ins. And it, he, he just looked... He looks like he's finally 
justified that 80 million not that he was ever going to but he you know he, yeah. looks, like, he looks like that kind of player now yeah for sure um, and you know Jordan Pickford saved a couple put us in contention and then Rashford obviously Rashford and Sancho got subbed on to take the penalty it's all mm-hmm. that's certainly what it looked like um, in the 120th minute Rashford, I knew he was going to miss because he stood centrally onto the ball. Like normally a player goes to the left or right depending on what foot they are. He was on it centrally. He'd done, he'd done a weird run-up where he went to the left and then ran into it and tried to place it. And I go back to the That's old Stuart. I go back to the old Stuart Pierce thing. You've just got to hit it as hard as you can. And if you don't know where it's going, the keeper's not got a chance. Um I think Kane and Maguire had done the right thing. They just they just went for power. Yeah. But just put it in the direction. That's what we need to do from now on in penalty shootouts. Those, if you want to do a stuttered run-up or a stuttered penalty, leave that for when, when it's in the game. Yeah. In a, in a shootout, just fucking hit it. And yeah. then Sancho done pretty much the same thing. And Saka, it was just a weak penalty. Yeah. But praise to Pickford. Because like, George, when Jorginho stepped up, I said to everyone, I said to everyone, right, he's probably the best penalty taker in the Premier League. It's over. Yeah. And Pickford says, it's okay, I've got this. He mounts yeah. that and then yeah. he fucking saves it with yeah. a, f- a phenomenal save. Incredible. Onto the post again for the second as, time in the game. I was soon, so happy for him. As soon as I, I saw, saw Pickford say, I've got this, I was like, yes, it's it. He's saving this. I just, you know what I mean? I just thought, I believed him in that moment and uh, mate no one saves Jorginho penalties but he did somehow incredible the speculation before the tournament about you know England's number one and like Dean Henderson mm. getting in there and you know the Pope got injured um, no I've, all, I've, I've always backed Pickford ever since the World Cup 2018 he made some fantastic saves got us through um, the penalty shootout against Colombia He's actually probably quite an underrated penalty saver, to be fair. Yeah. He certainly is now. Um, you save two penalties and penalty shootout, you expect your team are going through. Against, against Jorginho as well. Yeah. It's, you know, Donald Roma's penalty saves didn't look amazing. They were just, they were just you know, one was at one hit the post and he dived the wrong, wrong way. And one against Sancho and Saka, they were just shit penalties that, you know, most bog standard average keeper could save. Yeah. I think. When you see all like Donnarumma and Pickford stood next to each other walking towards the goal, you realise the size difference and you realise just how huge Donnarumma is. Like straight away, you know, okay, that's a whole different thing coming up 12 yards from him than it is from Pickford for one. And like, so I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Kane Maguire thought we're just going to smash it because if it's powerful, it doesn't matter how big he is. You know, <laughs> where I think the, the 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 other three unfortunately decided if we go low, you know that's our best chance of getting just getting skinny skinny yeah. under him as he dives the right way. Yeah, and uh, to be fair to Rashford, he sent him the wrong way, but then obviously just dragged the ball too far. Yeah, you know, and if you know if it goes in, everyone's like, oh, what a genius penalty, right? So it's you know it's one of those. Just the uh, slow. It's the slow. The slow run-ups, though, those yeah. are the, when you see it in the Premier League, the slow run-ups are the ones that get missed in the Premier League. They're the ones that hit the bar or 
it's an easy save for the keeper. Just fucking run up and hit it. Yeah, especially in a shootout for a long time. Yeah, well. it was a long run up, and I, I, obviously... I, I knew he was going to miss. Yeah, he obviously like I feel you know I feel for him and, and Sancho coming on. You know, Rashford coming on for two minutes as a right back, knowing I'm coming on to to score a penalty if I miss. Like, what? yeah, I don't think that's right. Yeah, I, um, I don't think it helped, man. Um, and. Same for Sancho as well. And I think his penalty was just unfortunately poor, wasn't it? Yeah. And Saka's just, yeah, bless him. I don't know how they come to who's going where on the sheet. Well, but it, it was unfavorable, yeah. wasn't it? Southgate said it was his selection. Whether that's yeah. true or not, I respect the man for taking the blame yeah. for it. Yeah. And getting it, getting it off the players because God knows they got so much stick on social media, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, but the reality is, we know how bad we are at penalties. We should never have let it go to penalties. Yeah. I mean, going how the match went in the second half, what we should have done, we should have done what we've done against Denmark. And, you know, we were pretty sure that Southgate said at the end of 90 minutes against Denmark, don't let this go to penalties. Yeah. And then he chucked on the creative players and, you know, we got a goal for a penalty, quite luckily. Um, we should have done the same against Italy. It's do or die. Even if we conceded two, at least we would have tried by yeah. being on the front foot, which is a very risky thing to do. But we just can't do penalties. <laughs> we can't do it. <laughs> we, we just can't. We historically can't. We just need to win it in 90 or at least 120. And, you know, if I was Southgate, I would have put on uh, Grealish 80th minute, maybe maybe even Calvert-Lewin, chuck him on next to Kane, just chuck balls up there and just fucking... Every inch of energy you've got, just pummel, 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 pummel. Yep, leaves you open on the counter attack, but you're playing with three at the back anyway. Just leave them back, and you know if we can see the goal, we can see the goal. But at least we have tried by putting everything forward. Yeah, and I think that's what England, what every England fan wants to see. Essentially, we know yes, it you know, sometimes doesn't work, but equally, I don't. I, I just I'd rather that than go to penalties again. Yeah, I mean it had to be penalties, didn't it? Um, you know, we think we've put penalties to bed with winning a few penalty shootouts recently, and of course it rears its head once again, and we're back on the side. Not of, when it matters, though. Ne- not when ne- it matters. Yeah, never again. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I think it's, it, we got to give credit to Italy, though. It was thoroughly deserved. Um, yeah. Throughout the tournament, they were the most consistent team by far. Sure. Um, you know, you, if you're going to be slightly critical of England, you know, in, in the group stages, we were very slow, lethargic, and we were winning games 1-0. Yeah. Um, Italy were banging three or four past teams dominated possession in the actual game against England as well had the experience to see us off and as I keep saying if we played the same game again same lineup, same tactics same conditions it was Groundhog Day maybe a different ref <laughs> we, we could have it could have went England's way yeah there we go so just quickly then about those saying about the ref about those challenges, how serious do you think uh, those you know those issues are? Serious, as in, like obviously, because I've seen a lot of people putting it all down to you know, oh, they, they were dirty and they should have had two players sent off, and I, I don't really, I'm not sure I buy into that. Yeah, maybe sending off harsh. Because um... I, I think if it's the other way around, if it's if it's one-one and they're, you know, one of their players is getting through, and Maguire's beat for pace, and Maguire grabs his shirt, 
we'd be like, yeah, that's, you know, we'd take that, wouldn't we? We'd want him to do that. Yeah, I think Kalini is on Saka's. Yeah, we want him to do that. Yeah, 100%. But Kalini on Saka, it was like assault. It wasn't like. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't like... Well, it is a 35-year-old man and a 19-year-old boy, isn't it? So. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't like, um, you know, Maguire's part, he's done it, Maguire's done it before, we've seen him done it before, he got sent off United doing it. He tugs a shirt every now and then, as every good centre-back yeah. does. But Chiellini grabbed him by the neck, was strangling him. <laughs> yeah, it, was a, it, was a, it was a clothesline. He just went, he went, you know, like WWE, get the cane clothesline. And he's he just like, like a cartoon character, like float backwards. I think. <laughs> I reckon if that was in the Premier League, he would have got sent off. See, I don't know. I felt I like think he would have. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But I, in, in I was I was thinking more like final of a tournament. It's one one. I feel like it's probably not a sending off, just because the occasion, everything's going on, yeah. and if it's the other way. But yeah, you're probably right. In in the Premier League, he's probably he's probably off. Um, the other one, I feel like that could be debated as well. Like that, that probably could have been. Yeah, off, I'd have to see it again. But to be fair, depends what angle you look at it. For one angle, it looks like he just into him and put a bit on him. Yeah, yellow card. For another angle, it looks like he purposely went for his ball sack. Like it's, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd 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 like to I'd like to know if it was the other way around. If it's Italy or England, would it? I don't because I know, you know, there's a FIFA and UEFA conspiracies against the English, as there <laughs> always there always has been since the days of uh, Jules Ramey. You may remember that name um, since since when you know he, he developed the World Cup and, and international tournaments. He hated the English, you know. We were, we were banned, uh, yeah. You know, um, there's still inklings of that in UEFA and FIFA, which is why we haven't got much representation in those two organisations. You know, it's if those challenges were the other way, was there a slight, you know, is there a natural bias towards the other team? I, I think there might be some truth in that. Yeah. I just feel like it takes a lot away from Chiellini being sort of quite clever there as well, though. Like, he knows what he's doing. Oh, do you yeah. know what I mean? And he knows he's going to get away with it. <laughs> so I feel like if Maguire did it, though, like, he probably wouldn't have the same sort of conviction in his. If he, well, like, well, I know I'm getting away if, with it. If Maguire done it, the England fans personally deliver him to a Greek prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was yeah. You're right. No, that's the thing. That's what makes you know. Kalini's one of my favorite players of all time. You, I, 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 it's for the same reason I like Alessandro Nesta and I like Paolo Maldini. Just the master of what they do even though it's awful when it was against England, he's just the master of what he does. You know, the same yeah. reason I've got, you know, I've got a he's like, heart for Sergio Ramos as well, but just it's like absolute Don, isn't it? If uh, Robbie Savage could play football, he's what we, it's basically what you're saying. It's like someone that knows how to wind players up, but is actually good at playing football yeah, as well. I, I don't think even Kalini's got as many yellow cards <laughs> as Robbie Savage. <laughs> no, that's, that's Ramos territory. Yeah, only, I think. Anyway, um, <laughs> shall we get on to the fan debate? All right. Fun. Um, I'll, I'll go to what I said earlier. What the reason I want to bring this up is because I've become very disillusionised with England fans. I think we're living in a country and in a time where politically 
culturally and in a community and society, we're very divided at the moment, whether it's rich, poor, you know, black, white, whatever it may be. And I think there's a difference between football fans and England fans. I think for future tournaments, I want to watch the matches with people who know football <laughs> rather rather than people who support England willy-nilly because they work at a pub or they go to the pub all the time. Because there's a difference. I'm, I'm fed up with hearing people criticising the player because they're taking a knee or criticising the player because they missed a chance or they should have squared it. These people don't know football. They don't know football tactics. They don't know what it is to become the best athlete you know, potentially of all time. They don't know how smart these people are. It's just such ignorance from people, but they have a right to be abusive, racist, and just ignorant. And it just it stopped me from enjoying the game last night. Yeah. I know we said we said last week, you know, I'll be happy with whatever result as long as we get dicks kind of thing. I wanted England to give a good account of themselves. The fans did not give a good account of themselves. And that, I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't expect that to piss me off. The 2018 World Cup, I thought was very different. I found that very easily enjoyable. I was going to the pubs to watch it. Everyone was in a good mood. It was was more together. I felt like this tournament, maybe it's the tension of COVID and everyone being kept inside and restricted and have all these rules imposed on them. You know, which naturally, in our in our biochemistry, we want to break these rules. Maybe it's that pent up frustration that led to the scenes we saw at Wembley, where there were hundreds of thousands of people around London throwing bottles at each other. It was a fucking riot. It was mad. There were people coked up, people drunk at like nine in the morning. We're the only country that does this. You see, like when Turkey made it to the semi-finals 2002, or when France made it to the final, or Portugal won it last time. Their fans won't get in drunk at eight in the morning. No. There's something culturally different. Yeah, I don't understand what it is about England where it's not the football fans, it's the England fans that get wasted. Racist, abusive, intimidating. Completely ignored the COVID guidelines as well. I dread to think what the next couple of weeks is going to do. Um, for the easing of restrictions and you know the knock-on effect of people getting COVID, as yeah. what, as uh, you know, as today we've had thirty thousand cases. It's I don't, it's, I, I, I don't know what's going on. It really pissed me off and it stopped me from enjoying the game. Just because, in particular, the pub I went to is like a family pub. Yeah, so it's more of a restaurant really, and you have like one one side of it had the locals and slash alcoholics just, you know, getting merry and doing what they do. <laughs> then, you know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, you know, they don't, they don't really, they're not there for the football. They're there for the atmosphere. But, you know, yeah, leave, yeah, leave yeah. them to it. They'll, they'll sing along to three lines. Fair enough. In the middle, you have where I was, where you booked a table, you had some food. Age ranges from kids to 85. Yeah. And then you had another section just full of, I don't know what else to call it other than lad culture, but if people taking drugs like next to kids, snorting cocaine, accusing everyone else of being boring, booing, taking a knee, booing the national anthem, just banging a drum and singing only one verse, two free lines, which I think is criminal. I was singing the whole song every time it came on. <laughs> so you knew that tackle by and went, look at scores. And then they looked at me as if I was mental. Um, <laughs> and just generally being cunts. 
it kind of ruined it for me. Yeah, I can, I and, can imagine. You know, I, I very, very nearly spent a lot of money on a ticket to the final. And I'm glad I didn't. <sighs> yeah, I mean, well, first of all, we need, you know, just need to point out that the abuse that the penalty takers have been getting is just disgusting, right? So we, we just get that out of the way. Um, no one deserves that in football ever. Uh, but look, it's one of it's one of these horrible things that we like to pretend isn't part of football for, for most of the year. And then, you know, every now and then it uh, pops back up and you, you, it, just remi- it just reminds you of why some people look at you a bit weird when you're like, yeah, of course I like football. Um, <laughs> all right. And um, so it's a shame for, shame for these people to ruin it all the time. But I think, yeah, you're right. These people aren't football fans. These aren't people that uh, actually go to football to watch for football. They go to football to get drunk, to to get, you know, get into these situations, right? And um, there, there is a difference and that does sort of need to be pointed out. But in the same respect, people got to call it out. And that's why taking the knee, it shows you how important taking the knee for the football team is because that's them every time calling out racism. And today mm-hmm. we've seen nothing but racist yeah. attacks on England players. So, it just proves their point. Yeah, for sure. And... uh yeah, booing like booing national anthems is you know it's just ridiculous, and booing the Italian national anthem when it's such a good national anthem. Yeah, well, so I was thinking onto it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's I just don't understand this coherent need for people to get fucked up at stupid no. o'clock in the morning yeah. on a Sunday in a, in a public space where there's kids about, there's families about, there's people who maybe want to get inspired by this generation of footballers, and you completely put them off. Yeah. Maybe even confidence of going out the house if you're going to have fucking glass bottles missing your head every few seconds. Um, let alone, you know, the cost or cleaning up all that waste uh, that was around Leicester Square and Trafalgar Square. Um, yeah, it was a real shame. And I don't I really disillusionise with English culture at the moment and what it is. And quite right, it must be interesting for you because you go to the football a lot as a Portsmouth fan. Yeah. I've not been to a game for a while because obviously Devon, COVID, etc. Um, but the, is there a difference to you between going to a match on a casual day and then a, a, a bit more of a, a, a match which is an occasion such as the England game or maybe a World Cup game? Yeah, I mean... Where all these other people unnecessarily ruin it for everyone else. Yeah, you 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 know you, you can see. So I'm not, I don't I don't want to be a party people. I don't want anyone saying don't get drunk and don't have a drink. I just the football comes first. This should be the priority. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you know, most people can take themselves out on, on a Saturday, have a few drinks, watch the football, and be perfectly fine. It's just certain people that after a few drinks can't act appropriately and shouldn't be drinking. Full stop. Right, but um. Yeah, no, you definitely see it. Like, at, so, so you know, you go to Fratton Park to watch a game against, I don't know, like Fleetwood. You know, everyone there is a football fan. They're not there because it's, you know, it's Tuesday, it's dark, it's, it's horrible. They're, yeah, not, they're there. not there again, getting fucked up at seven no, in the morning. Yeah. Snorting coke not, in the toilets. Yeah, that's not what it's about. But obviously, like, uh, I'm sure if we drew Man United in the FA Cup, then some of those people would be attractive and they would be there, you know? 
And uh, it's, 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 just, it's the same thing, right? But it's on a larger scale because not, our, not only are not there 20 people who extra turn up to a, a, a Pompey game in League One on a Tuesday, this is 20 people that would have turned up to all, all loads of teams all go into their local pub, plus another 20 of their friends they've convinced. And it's just, it just becomes a bigger thing because it's on a national scale, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know, like... I don't know why you don't see it as much, but you know, we, we were, you know, you think about the Russia World Cup and all the, the worry that was surrounding it. And of course, there are still horrible things to be seen and whatnot. But like, it, we're trying to bid for a World Cup, right? Us and United with it's not happening. It's Scotland. Not happening. And yeah, it's, they're not, after that, they're not going to take us seriously. And it was a, it was a fucking embarrassment. As I've put in my notes here. If the FA or FIFA UEFA saw that, which they obviously have saw that, it's no wonder the rest of Europe hates us. And yeah. it's no wonder we've been unsuccessful in the last three or four bids we've had to host the tournament. Yeah. It's not because we haven't got the facilities we have. It's the fucking... It's it's the England fans that yeah, are Yeah, that's fans. what we're worried about. For sure. Like, and they should be. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've had... <sighs> People, you know, you tell people you want to go, or you've gone to watch football in a foreign country, and some people are like, oh, but isn't that dangerous? And you're like, wow, it's just as dangerous, if not more so, in England sometimes, depending on what game you're going to, right? Like, we have this, a lot of people have this idea that it's all stamped out in English football. And on, on the whole, it is. Like, you don't, you don't go to a random game and there'd be a lot of trouble, really, these days. But there's still enough left out, out there that it does need to be called out and hopefully that's the message the England team are sending and hopefully you know the next few tournaments we won't see reactions like this we won't see actions of people trying to I hope we you know they were not going to come back to England because they don't want to see people try and break into the tournament for one do they <laughs> oh I mean the video is quite funny to be fair like with the fence being torn down and then just these stewards like kicking people in the shins as they were trying to run past <laughs> Not like Takeshi's Castle. It looked like <laughs> one of the later rounds. I think the FA should provide the future tickets. So I know um, UEFA provided the tickets this, on this occasion because it was kind of a mixed tournament um, yeah. with different venues via the portal. I think the FA should stick to doing their ticketing system, which yeah. is where you have to earn a certain amount of points by going to England games um, to get tickets for the group games, finals, etc. I think that yeah, way you're keeping it to an audience. Fine, yeah. You're keeping it to an audience that deserve it. You keep the yeah. prices low. And you're not going to get any trouble. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's the that's the other thing, like you know, because like you say, because there, there was no sort of system in place to make sure it was people that go watch England friendlies against Poland and and, and whatnot. Like, yeah, you just don't know who you're inviting along, then, do you? So yeah, it's a good point. Like, you know, maybe things of that will be taken into consideration in future bids, and hopefully, you know, we still have a chance at hosting that. Yeah, United Kingdom plus Ireland World Cup because there'd nothing, you know, there'd be nothing better than football truly coming home in a tournament completely in England, would there? Coming home and Ireland, it's got a good ring to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to a more positive note. Let's go on to our favourite moments of the tournament. Um, so it was announced that the player of the tournament was uh, Jean Luigi uh, Donnarumma, um, which I didn't think. I don't know if it is fair enough. Um, uh, you want he's the goalkeeper that won the penalty shootout in the final, so it's the, it's the yeah. cop out. It's the cop out one, isn't it? it was like, oh, we don't. Yeah. When we don't know who to give it to, you give it to the goalkeeper that wins the penalty shootout in the final. Yeah, like, but yeah. I, I would suggest in like the earlier games, he didn't have a lot to do. 
specifically against Turkey. I think he touched the ball once. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he had, a, he had a good tournament and yeah, he was influential against Spain as well. Let's not forget that. Um, but other other people I thought had a good tournament. Um, well, he's the first goalkeeper to win two penalty shootouts, actually, isn't he, as well? Yeah, that's true, yeah. So that'd be one. Um, obviously, I thought Benucci and Collini had a good tournament. Yeah. Luke Shaw was up there for me. Yeah. Um, Raheem Sterling was up there for me. Yeah. Uh, Chiesa was up there for me. Uh, um, I know they went out early, but Gosens for um, Germany as well. I think he had a good tournament. Um, yeah, more players would you put forward or would have liked to have seen? Yeah, I mean, you can make a case so many England players as an England fan. Um, but even like they went out quite early, but uh, yeah, head of tournament, uh, Chick from the Czech Republic. You, you know, um, it's oh, maybe Casper Schmeichel, Casper Schmeichel, pretty much anyone on that 10 mark team, you could sort of be like played out of their skin. Um, so said, I think they should. I, I, I did think of this. You don't think they should have like honor, honorarily given it to Christian Eriksen? Yeah, maybe. What is that? Like, I don't know if that's yeah, a bit I too. I suppose maybe they don't want to set a precedent. <laughs> I don't know. Like because you know, it, it, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they should have because you know he could have had the tournament of his life for all we know. But yeah, maybe, maybe that's being reserved for an even more tragic accident in the future. If you, do you know what I mean? have it, yeah, with like the like, um, when, uh, the, you know, the Brazilian team Sacuense. Yeah, and their, when their plane went down, and then they instead of playing the final of the um, yeah South American Champions League. They, uh, they just gave him the trophy, didn't they? Yeah. And um, I, I don't mean that in like, I know it sounds like cynical, but like, I can see them be like, they're a big organization who are cynical, right? I can see them being like, well, we can't do it for people who, who survived because what if, you know, and like, FIFA are that evil, man. You just, yeah, it's true. These are the sort of conversations they have. I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> oh dear! I, I know. They're, they're, I'm guaranteeing. You know, Donnarumma is a bit of a fanboy. You know, he's a bit of a FIFA yeah. favourite. Just got signed with PSG as well. Yeah, and they um, spit big. They want to put him on covers of video games and all sorts in the future. Oh, they spit big things. Big things of him. Absolutely. Uh, so, the young player of the, of the tournament went to Pedri. Um, can't argue with that, in my opinion. No, I think. No. You know, yeah, I think you brilliant. could you could have argued maybe um, Foden and Saka earlier on in the tournament. Mm. Obviously, made it a bit further. Foden was injured last night. Fought Renato Sanchez as well. He still qualifies for the Imperial tournament. tournament. Um, yeah. you know, also played uh, in the last final. Um, and Danny Olmo, I thought, also yeah. played really well for Spain. Yeah, I mean, you look you look at uh, the England squad, and again, like you say, like Saka uh, could easily, you know, could easily have been up there, like second youngest squad in the tournament. So. Plenty of players in the England squad you, you could imagine fit in that spot, but Pedro just had, you know, just looks like he looks like he's going to be something else, doesn't he? And uh, we, we, you know, we'll see what happens in the next few years. But seen well players before, though. Remember, remember Bojan? Oh yeah. So I mean, you, you never know. Sometimes you burst onto the scene, and it's not a good thing for you. And, but uh, yeah, well, you know, we'll see. I think I think he's got. I think he's got bigger, bigger. Big career ahead of him, man. So well deserved. Absolutely. Um, other moments, uh Schick's goal, I think was probably a goal <laughs> of the tournament. It was just unreal, wasn't it? Yeah. Unreal. That that amazing uh, own goal as well from the from Pedri actually. Uh in Spain. That amazing own goal. That was nuts. 
Uh, obviously, the whole Christian Eriksen thing, watching that live oh, on TV was, was probably... Horrible. Feel, feels so long ago now, doesn't it? But um, yeah. the most harrowing thing I've seen, and the fact it is like one of the greatest living midfielders of all time, and uh, it, was, it was just nuts. And the fact that that Denmark team then went to get to the semis as well, oh, yeah, just you never would have thought that. You would have thought, you know, because they lost to Finland in that match, that yeah, arguably should have been played. Yeah, you thought it would have completely destroyed their confidence and game plan, let, but you know, they let it. They didn't let it beat them. They, they let it fire them on. What's amazing? What what story? Um, but yeah, you know, we we all wait. We all can't wait to see what's next for Ericsson because we all hope that it's going to be a good enough recovery. But he can play football and you know one one more time at least. And uh, we could yeah. That'll be, we'll, that'll be mental if that happens. But, you know, whether it's just like a one-off thing, it'd be lovely. Yeah, yeah, it'd be lovely to see him back. And uh, I'm sure you know. Whenever, or even if it's just he walks on to a pitch, you know, for the last five minutes and has a little go in in the testimonial, whatever it is, but the reception he will get walking out onto a pitch for next time he does will be, you know, nothing short of spine tingling for sure. Absolutely, let's hope it's a spine, spine tingling, <laughs> not, uh, <laughs> not heart tingling. Um, right, um, I think the other. Probably the best day of football was the two free all games, uh, you know, with Spain, yeah. uh, Croatia, Croatia scoring two goals in the last couple of minutes. It was mad. And then Spain winning 5 3, whatever it was. Um, and in that same day, France being eliminated from penalties to Switzerland. Sensational effort by Switzerland to come back free all as well in the last couple of minutes. Mental. Um, personal highlights for me was beating Germany and Ukraine. Um, but yeah. beating them, beating them convincingly. Um, the, that's that's the best I've seen in good play, I think. Yeah, for sure. Like, that Ukraine game was incredible, but the uh, just what it meant to finally see England put put Germany out of the tournament. Like I know it's not that big of a deal for them, but but for but for us it is, isn't it? It's it's, mm. it, it's maybe the rivalry we have, and uh, it was just wonderful to see us actually win because I, I I never thought. I never thought we'd see that, man. <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a very dangerous draw, wasn't it? Yeah, and the Ukraine Ukraine game was be- beautiful because we got to see them play how they wanted to play and how how good they can look. And uh, yeah, like you say, that that was incredible just for being able to see four uh, nil. Yeah, to see us win four nil, like wonderful. But um, yeah, they got to be the best the best days for England in this tournament for sure. Absolutely. Uh, England playing like the Netherlands in the 1980s. It was great. Um, yeah, Italy, I suppose, cemented themselves as kind of thing. We did say at the start, it's all the kind of grey horses because no one really backed them. Yeah. Um, Denmark were probably the dark horses. Hungary mixed things up in the group of death. Oh, for sure. Uh, earlier on, they, they done really well. Uh, the Czechs surprised pretty much everybody. Um, yeah. And let's hope we never see that fucking remote control car ever again. <laughs> Oh, you know we will though. It's got its own Twitter account and everything. That's not going away. It's ridiculous. That's going to be back for every cup competition you can think of. They should get like a, <laughs> you know, if Amazon never sponsor an event, they should just get a drone to drop a ball yeah. in, like three hundred foot up. I wonder how much Volkswagen paid to have a remote oh. control of their sticker on it, drive a ball out. Like there must be so much money. <laughs> be funny if it ran out, ran out of battery. <laughs> Good advert for their uh, new cars. <laughs> On the whole, where do you where do you rate this tournament in the uh, in the 
Glenfer of history and time. I mean, for an England fan, it's it's up there, isn't it? It's it's you know, it's up there. Possibly that's the best and uh, what we've ever seen. Uh, like you know, I didn't know if I would ever feel that way again after 2018, and we got a whole step further. So it's got to be it's got to be the best one I've seen. Yeah, it's definitely. I think I preferred 2018 as a tournament. Yeah, um, and it is a World Cup. Something I, I, it, it is the World Cup, and I watched every single game. And I thought that there was just because there's more games for one, and I think um, the goals were a lot better. Just in general, there's a lot more goals from like outside the box, and you know, I think France for Argentina two is one of the best games I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, this is a close second. Splendid stuff. Well, that's all we've got to talk about on Euro 2020. Um, thanks for joining us, I guess. But we've got a couple of things to do before we leave you before. We move on to series two of Team of Our Lives. And one of those things to do is play Deal or No Deal. This is the first quiz of the podcast, but the last of the series, which is a true or false game. We go back into the archive, this time of an international match, in which we ask true or false questions. Normally, on who started in the lineup of that particular famous match. I've switched things up slightly though this week. Harry, for you, as I did last week, went a bit rogue. I've gone back to the last European Championships final between Portugal and France. And rather go for a starting lineup, I've gone for questions. Okay. So they're all true or false. Is that okay? Well, it has to be. It has to be, yeah. So you need to get these five questions right, essentially. Number one. Did Mark Clattenberg referee the final? Oh, God. How, as if I remember he refereed it. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. Why not? No idea. Deal. He did. All right, cool. Number two. Did Cristiano Ronaldo score in that match? What was the score? Mate. Right. As if I, remember, I can barely remember last night, let alone. <laughs> Try to forget ago. last night. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say he didn't. Correct. Was Pepe man of the match? Yeah, why not? Deal, free for free. Did them okay within five minutes? When was the goal scored? One 0 to Portugal. Within five minutes, when was the goal scored? Fifty uh, second minute. Nope, it was the hundred ninth. <laughs> Went to extra time, didn't it? Don't remember. <laughs> okay, so you still you still got three. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo was substituted, but was it after or before twenty five minutes? Ah, oh, did he have to come off really early, actually? Before. Give you that. It was just before 20, 25 minutes. So you got four out of five. All right. Take that. No, not bad. Not bad at all. Beckham could raise the roof here with a goal. I don't believe it. David Beckham scores the goal to take England all the way to the World Cup Finals. Okay, it's time now for the moment you've all been waiting for. We've moaned, we've sorrowed, we've cried, 
and we've reminisced about Euro 2020 in 2021, bizarrely. But it's time now for the all-important Euro 2020 official Panini Sticker War Final. If you are a latecomer to the podcast and to this game, this is where me and Harry have been battling out over the last few weeks with the official UEFA Euro 2020 Tournament Edition Panini stickers. We have a sealed pack, which we open live on air. You get five stickers in a pack. Me and Harry battle out to see who has the best sticker, best player, etc., etc. You get a point for that round. Over the course of the series, it has resulted in a classic battle where it was 13 all last week. And I had a very, very shit pack and uh, had, had a load of Russians. And uh, basically, and it's a now... And a, I did, yeah. I had a, <laughs> a microchip in there for some reason. And then uh, the Russians are spying on me. Um, yeah, I thought I smelled poison this morning. Um, <laughs> I was in Salisbury. Okay, don't listen to this, Russians. Um, yeah, essentially, it was 13-0, and now Harry's winning 18-14. Uh, uh, so we have two packs left. So this is going to be a very, very dramatic final. I need to try and get the win. The last pack we're going to open is going to be double bubble, so you get double points. So it could be quite close, or it could be a complete thrashing. Um, I think it will probably be the latter. But it's all to play for. And it's going to be a hot yeah. debate as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, for sure. Are you ready for what's in your Panini final 2020? I am. I am indeed. Good stuff. Uh, can you open your pack? Loud and proud. <laughs> Perfect. Take out the cards and put them face down. I will do the same. There we go. Open the pack. Going to put them face down now. Because we secretly pull them without knowing who's got what. I had a very untrue good pack because I had absolute fuck all last time. I think I got like a. I had, to, I had to fight for my point last time. I seem to remember. Was it Pepe? Yeah. I, had, I had Pepe if I didn't. Okay. Here we go. Harry, do the honest go first. All right. Oh, I have the England squad. Fuck off. How am I going to beat that? <laughs> the Italian squad. I need, I need the Italian squad. <laughs> Just imagine now if I pulled the Italian squad. Just imagine that. Imagine if I pulled the Italian squad. It's not the Italian squad. Isn't it? It's another Russian. <laughs> I'll take that point. It's a striker. It's Anton Mirenchuk. Yeah, I think the oh, England squad. Have I just picked? Are these cards been imported from Russia? What? <laughs> Special Soviet oh. edition. Right, so we need to get, keep an eye on the scores here. So it's fifteen. No, it's not. It's nineteen. Fourteen. 14. Great year for warfare. <laughs> um, <laughs> great year for England. Um, oh god. Go on. It should be. Right. It should be. It should be down here. Downhill for you now. You've got the England squad. It should be. Better. It should be. I've got. Uh, Hakan Chalangu. Turkish player. Turkish player. Oh, uh, Kalinoki, the Ace of Milan Kalin- player. So it's probably, it's probably their best player. Yeah, maybe. I don't but know. They, don't, they don't shit it at all. <laughs> they don't shit it at all. Yeah, they, they're that's terrible. That's got to be put into consideration. Yeah. I've got <gasps> Jaden Sancho. Oh, wow. I, all I day. Guess. 
All day, I'm taking that. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> so that's uh, uh, what's the score 19, now? 19, 19, 19, 19, 15. Okay, yeah, we're getting better. In, in, I need yeah. so I've, I need to uh, I'll rely on my double bubble, right? Next, I have Stefan Ilsanka of Austria. Oh, that's be- very beatable. It is beatable. But have I beaten it? Oh, oh, this is controversial. Is he also Austrian? No, he's from the Netherlands. Oh, oh okay. But it's the injured Virgil oh. van Dijk. Oh, yeah, yeah, terrible tournament. But he's the better player. <laughs> I thought you've not even heard of Il Sinkovic. <laughs> <laughs> Il, uh, it's Il Sanka, actually. And, uh, the world's best defender when he's not injured. He's the world's best defender. It wasn't at Euro 2020. Well, well, why is he there a sticker of him then? See, he's because, so because of a pandemic. No, he, no, he, <laughs> <laughs> he's so highly thought of. They made a sticker of him anyway. No, it's because he was going to be. He was going to be in it in 2020. No, no he but, was injured in November. Come, come on, Ilsinka. That's not, that's, that's not a debate. Go on, then. Go on, Van Dyke all day. You've got to think about the narrative here as well, a little bit. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> 1916. Go on. Who've we got? Belgium's Alex Witzel. Good player. Very good player. I do like him. I have lost. It's a Macedonian <laughs> player. Ivan Truskovsky. I don't Since, have anything uh, to say about that. 20, <laughs> 2016? No, 2015. 2016. 2016. Yeah, yeah I'm, relying on, relying on, I'm relying heavily on my second back. Oh, I just love the Austrians today. I don't know how you meant to pronounce this. Martin Hinton <laughs> Hinteregger, yeah, good player. I think he plays for RB Leipzig. Hinteregger, it's literally Hinteregger. What a name! Yep. I have Scotsman Liam Cooper. Wow, who's he playing for? Uh, <laughs> Celtic, I think. Um, had a good tournament to be fair. Leipzig, Austria did better in the tournament. Hinteregger, he's a good player. All right, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I think, yeah, I think on the balance of play, it's a better player. Okay, so that's 21-16. Yeah. I'm behind by exactly five. So I need my doubles here. I need my double points. So if you get a point, if you win a card, that's two points. Okay? Yeah. Right, can you rip your packets live on the screen? No shinies that time, was there? Three for us. I've barely had any shinies. I don't know if I want to speak either. All right, ready? Yep. Very good. Put your cards face down. I'll do the same. It's not quite the tense final, which should have been. It's no, it's no England, Italy. Is it? yeah. People shouting at the telly. Get Grealish on. Come on. <laughs> Pull a Grealish. Pull yeah. it out. He's probably not even right. in it. Van Dyke's in it. Yeah, probably. All right, I'll go first this time. 21, 16. 
tell you what, it's not bad. Probably the best German player of the tournament, Anthony Rudiger. Captain, oh, captain football. football. Captain football himself. <laughs> well, I don't think I can beat Captain Football, can I? Let's be honest. Even, even if you pull Messi somehow, I don't think you can beat Captain Football. Funny you should say that. It's Messi. No. Um, I got the Netherlands squad. Uh, I mean... I mean, that is the squad without Virgil van Dijk, isn't it? So. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. you got to count him, apparently. <laughs> uh, I mean... He's captain football, isn't he? He's, he's got yes. to get a point. He's got okay. To... So that's, that's two, isn't it? Yeah. Twenty one eighteen. Twenty one eighteen. It's hotting up in here. Next, I have a very beatable Ukrainian man by the name of Serhiy Sidorchuk. What country is this? It's <laughs> good stuff. Oh, hang on. That's not the right. 2118. Okay. What's going on? Come on. I was hungry, that's why. I was thinking, that's not it, that doesn't make sense. Who have you right. got? I've got either Hungarian goalkeeper Peter Gulaski or Andrei Botka. Oh, so the keeper's the uh, RB Leipzig keeper. Yeah. But Ukraine. That's why he's there. Ukraine made it to the quarterfinals. They did. Hungary um, were in the group of death. And did really well. Um, I don't really want to give it to you, but I'm going to have to. Yeah. 21 20. I mean, this is getting tense. Three cards left, ladies and gentlemen, on double bubble. I like this. <laughs> I've, been, I've, I've been behind for some time. Next up. Aren't you doing Italy, aren't we? Is. Not a bad player, but it's not a great player. Got to the quarterfinals. Timothy Kostagne. All right, well, luckily Good. for you, I've got not a great player. A, a fucking player. amazing player. It's <laughs> no, Ronaldo. I've got... As, uh, as Jen Alioski of North Macedonia. Alioski. Everyone's favourite player. Left back for um, Leeds. I'll be taken by his points, thing. <laughs> Fuck you <laughs> off. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Uh, you, you got Castagna. Yeah, he's a good player. Good tournament. Leicester player. Played well when he came on. I think I might have gone ahead. I think you might have. 22-21 to Ollie. But there's two cards left. It's, it's neck and neck. It really is. Could go anyway. And I have pulled... Shiny, I'm sorry to say. Oh. But it's probably the worst shiny because it's a sign for an equal game shiny. <laughs> I think we we made but, sure I lost. But whatever you pull, you'll be against racism. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure when I pulled this and we had Scott on. I lost. I think we said it's the worst one. You know that. Okay, I, well, let's see what you get first. Well, I've got Switzerland, Fabian. I think I've got him before. It's uh, Fabian Shaw. Fabian Shaw. Switzerland had a good tournament, but shiny. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I wasn't allowed to use it as a shiny one. All right. It. So it's all right. I'll do as you done me a favor earlier on. <laughs> I'll do you a favour. We'll oh, keep God. it 22-21. So it's all on the last card. 
So well, I don't get any points for that. So you saying yeah, neither of us get a point? All right, I think that's fair. All right, although it is a shiny. <laughs> 22 21. It's all on the last card. This is like this is flashbacks yesterday. Oh, and I've got a half decent one. I'm not even going to look, I'm just going to show you it. German Young Player of the Year, Julian Braun. All right, I haven't looked. <laughs> I'm just going to show you the card and you can tell me. Okay. I've won. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Thomas. God knows. <laughs> so the winner, after being behind for two weeks in a row of the Euro Panini, what's in your Panini Stick of War Challenge is me. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much indeed. The double points came to save me there. But it's the end of the podcast and it's the end of the series. Um, who knew that England would get to the final? Who knew we'd go out on penalties once again? And who knew we'd have such fun recording what's in your panini? Hopefully that will be <laughs> making a comeback in the next series of Team of Our Minds, the Northeast Football Podcast. So make sure you follow, subscribe, and uh, yeah, wherever you listen to these podcasts. Share them with your friends, your family, your dog, your wife, your grandma, and anyone else with ears and a brain. But until next time, and we've got some guests and some more fun podcasts, look after yourselves, stay safe, don't be a twat, England fans, pick up your litter, sayonara. Everybody's talking at me, I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind People stopping still I can't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.